Hello and welcome to Empty Your Q. Uh, I'm Cameron, of course, here with Dustin. Of course. And uh, over the weekend, it was uh, the 30th anniversary of Goodfellas. So we figured it's on streaming services. That's what this is all about. Which I got to be honest, because I thought like Goodfellas was 45 years old. Like to what? to realize really? it's only like to realize it's as old as me. Yeah. I did not I did not realize it was 1990 because I feel like movies have been ripping this off forever. Well, yeah, I mean it's an homage in a lot of ways to old classic filmmaking mm-hmm. and the even way the way it ends and everything, but um yeah, that last shot of uh Joe Pesci shooting at the screen yeah. is a uh oh fuck, it's the cowboy, the first film Right, like it's, first yeah. moving picture is that cowboy shooting at the screen, and it's an homage to that, uh, and the dead of the dying of the old ways and the coming of the new ways as well too. Um, so it's, yeah, it's, it's, there's a lot of layers to Goodfellas that we'll get into maybe a little later in this podcast, but that's what we're talking about, Goodfellas. Um, Thirty years later, uh, probably. I mean, let's break it down. What would you say? This is probably the best. Well, do you want to start with how? unbelievable this cast is you see you have robert de niro ray liotta uh joe pesci, joe pesci um, directed by martin scorsese yes uh based off i believe the book by henry hill so this is based loosely on a true story it's kind of like it's a true story but the names are changed because henry hill his name is henry hill and that was the actual name of the mobster it's based on so it's based on the book wise guy which is by nicholas Pileggi. Yes. Who then co-wrote the screenplay with. Yes. Scorsese. And then it also stars Lorraine Bracco, Paul Sorvino. Um, But Wise Guys is based off interviews with Henry Hill. Right. Yes. Yes. So and Henry Hill was actually part of the Lucchese Lucchese crime family. It has Kevin Corrigan, Uh, too, because Kevin Corrigan's been in every mob movie or every movie that needs an Italian person. (laughs) Yes. Since 1985. If you have seen a mob movie, you've seen the entire cast of this. Um, Paul Sorvino's in it. More famously as more famous for being, I think, the father of Mira Sorvino. Right now. Well, maybe nowadays. Dude, Romeo and Michelle's high school reunion. I know. That's a goddamn classic, and maybe we might need to do that on here someday. Um, but no, talking more good fellas. So obviously, very influential mob movie comes out in the nineties. Um, prior to that, it's Good uh, Godfather Part Two. That's still, I think, to this day referred to as the best mob movie of all time. Uh, yeah. So, but where does this kind of fall into the pantheon of them for you? I think it's the most digestible mob movie, mob movie, possible mob movie. Um, <laughs> it's the most digestible mob movie of them all, I think, because The Godfather really gives you yeah, way too much of the minutia of it all and the family. And you're getting especially two where you're having to watch two storylines happen at the same time. Right. So obviously the three that come to mind are the godfather one well four i guess because i'll say godfather one and two goodfellas and casino are all kind of like the rushmore of of mafia movies yeah i think out of those goodfellas is by far the best just i think scarface counts as a mob movie i i believe it does like an organized crime movie because it's it's a style of organized crime that existed in the miami in florida 
in the 80s. And like that was the different type of organized crime, if you will. Right. Because they're just doing the same thing that the New York mob did, just different, essentially. So there's a couple that pop up when you search like most popular mob movies that I would actually maybe give some consideration to. I don't think I'm knocking Goodfellas out of the top for any of these. It's one or two. But uh, so it lists L.A. Confidential as one. Okay. Carlito's Way. Ma, yeah. Donnie Brasco. Yeah. American Gangster. Yeah. The Professional. Um, no. The Irishman. Yes. Um, the Departed. The Departed. Public Enemies is on here. Public Enemies is terrible. Yeah, it's not that good. Yeah. Um, that's pretty much it for like actual like what I would think of as a mafia movie. Um, professional is a great movie, but I don't, I don't think of it in the same. Yeah, that's more of a corrupt cop versus that's more, an yeah, assassin. That's like, like he's a mafia assassin, but you end up getting it's more of a moral morality tale. Did you ever see the kitchen? Because that's on here. Yes, the How kitchen was, that? was really good. Oh, okay, cool. I enjoy. It. it wasn't really good. It was enjoyable. Very then, enjoyable film. Then the last one on this list is should just get kicked off the list. I'd put Public Enemies before yeah. I put American Hustle. Oh yeah, no, I'm not. That's that, <laughs> that is not a mafia movie. Um, so I think out of all of that, Goodfellas is definitely the most endearing, the most influential, the easiest to just like pick up and watch, no matter where it's at. Yeah, this was one that I've seen. I haven't seen it recently, but um, I had an ex girlfriend that like this was like her favorite movie ever. So we watched this all the time. It was like, oh, it's Christmas time. We should put on Goodfellas because there's a couple scenes that take place at Christmas, and I think I saw a Christmas tree in the background. So it's a Christmas. Oh no, movie the now. whole yeah. the the Lufthansa heist takes place during. Yeah, Christmas. so it was yeah. always like that. It was always like, let's find a reason to watch. Well, Goodfellas. I mean, you can say that about Die Hard too, though. Die Hard, yeah. Well, yeah. Oh, that's what I'm saying. a Christmas tree in the background. <laughs> that's what I'm saying. So it was like but Die Hard is literally the greatest Christmas movie of all time. It, well, Home Alone's the greatest, and then, and then Die Hard. It's too. Die Hard, and then Home Alone. It's Home Alone, and then Die Hard. And it's Die Hard, Home Alone, and then I don't know. It's you know whatever you want elf eh, i'm not a fan of elf so back to goodfellas <laughs> i where do you where do you put it what do you I'm think dropping, dropping bombs out of uh, all of these so i put it at number two behind the godfather part two and then after that i would put the godfather part one then at number four i'm it's gonna seem odd but i'm going donnie brosco i just okay. it's a really enjoyable movie donnie brosco is and it's, it is it's probably the it's based off a true story, too. Is The Devil's Own a mob movie with Harrison Ford and Brad Pitt? I forget. Is that a Because that just popped into my head, Road too. to Perdition is as well. Oh, fuck. Okay. Yeah. Because so that was probably going to be number five for me. It goes Road Goodfellas, Road to Perdition for me. I love Road to Perdition. <laughs> yeah. I go... I, I um, No, but number five, movie. actually, for me would be The Departed. That's probably top five for me as well. Mean Streets, I think you can consider that mafia affiliated, or it's a mafia movie because they're both like I think overcoming debts. Devil's Own is not the mob, but okay. that is a fantastic movie if you ever, yeah, if you're listening and have not seen that. Um, so yeah, that that would be my list: Godfather Two, Goodfellas, Godfather One, Donnie Brasco, and then The Departed. So what about this movie? Is like what makes it so enjoyable to you? Like what makes it so easy to pick up and so watch? So this movie feels like, and it, and even in the ending of it is almost like doing cocaine. And and in each section of it, you kind of feel 
what the character's going through. You get to watch it. You feel like you're stepping into a, a bunch of friends that are wrapped up in some right. wild stuff. And then in the end of it, you literally feel like you're doing cocaine with, <laughs> <laughs> with Henry. And um, you feel like you're being tracked down by the C- by the FBI. Yeah, that's of that nature. Like that, it, 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 this is so influential in a lot of things where even if I have a helicopter flying over me in real life, I'm like I feel like I should be running guns right now <laughs> and, and telling my side my uh, flush it all. My, yeah. <laughs> my gumar to flush all my uh, all my drugs like that. <laughs> yeah, that that whole scene where he's driving, is it the one t- it's one take, right? Where yes. Yeah. yeah, yeah. That and then the scene where He's making the no. Song. It's not one take because it goes back. It uh, it's him driving, and then it cuts to like the girlfriend. He goes to the girlfriend's right, house, okay. and because it cuts to him like coming through her door and things like that. Yeah, like, that's okay. That's fair. I think it's all one take where the camera's constantly following him. Yeah, constantly like, panning like that type shit. Right. Um, but uh, the ending of it is, you know, that everything's crumbling for Henry Hill and he's kind of, you know, he's gone to the drug trade. He's kind of betrayed the mafia at this point, um, <laughs> which is, you know, this is all very true of the same dude. Like there was a point in the mob where they did not want drugs involved with the mafia. It was all racketeering, um, laundering, basic assassinations, murder, intimidation, all sorts political of political crimes, political, yeah. you know, political influencing things of that nature. Uh, a lot of in the concrete industry unions back in the day and probably still today, um, there was a lot of just internal influence and, you know, it's I, I, definitely they had yeah. a they had an outstretched hand that went far. Yes. Yes. <laughs> um, so it's just so it's this this really gives you like a look into that. And it's so fascinating. I think it kind of pries open and makes it um as I said, digestible for everyone. And I think a lot of what helps it too is despite having three like massive, easily recognizable lead stars. And then Lorraine Bracco. And then Lorraine Bracco. Out of the park. Like, cause I think this might be one of her third, like third or fourth movie. Uh, possibly. Yeah. yeah I don't I know. Mean, I think, I think she had acted in stuff before, but she, uh, also goes on to play Dr. Melfi in the Sopranos too. Right. So easily. Like, and if we're talking like the the two greatest, mo- like if we were like talking about all the greatest mafia affiliated things, if I'd made that list, then it would have been Godfather part the entire Godfather series, then Goodfellas, then the Sopranos, and then uh, probably Scarface. So she had made like four or five movies. Uh, she had her parts, her scenes cut out of Sea of Love. Oh, okay. And then yeah. she was in Goodfellas. Okay, yeah. So it was so, like it does seem like that like was kind her of bigger her breakout break. role, yeah. though. Um, and and as Karen, <laughs> easily as, oh. one of the best movie wives I think ever. When I saw this movie, ride or die. When I saw this movie <laughs> the first time, the scene where he wakes up and she's just sitting on him with a gun in his face, yes, became like one of my worst case scenario in, imagination thing, like. Like, I don't do anything that would warrant a gun being put in my face when I wake up. But that's probably, like, about the worst thing I could think of. Yeah. To wake uh, up Oh, to. yeah. Well, I mean, unless we're talking, like, a rocket launcher. Like, cause I, it's just, I mean, you're just escalating the gun then. Yeah, at um, that point. But something so fatal, yes. Hey, there's a, like, because it's not just I like. I think in a torture chain, like, you wake up in, like, a saw scenario. Honestly, that's probably the worst case. 
Possibly, yeah. yeah. But I mean, like, 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 like in Saw Two, the the hand razor blades. Right. Wake up in that. See, I'm just I'll thinking. Take a gun. Because you're comfortable, you're you're at home, you're in bed, you're like, you know how nice it is when you wake up, and you're yeah. like, yeah. And then like, because she's not just like sitting above him holding the gun, like the barrel is like in his the, face. The angle of the camera is like your eyes crossed, looking at it, and yeah. it's just like, ugh. And I, I between that and um, you get up close and personal with that gun. Yeah, it's it's tough. That's like one of the things I, I think of first when it comes to Goodfellas. Like, what's the first thing that comes to your mind? The first thing is, uh, oh, by the way, and you'll probably have to put it, I mean, it's a 30-year-old movie, so we are talking spoilers here, but the first thing that comes to mind is Tommy's uh, getting made and then being shot. Okay. Uh, yeah, that's like the him walking into the room, super ecstatic, thinking he's about to become a made man, which is like an untouchable man in the mafia, and then he's just shot in the back of the head. Those brawls out on the floor, blood pooling out. The moment that you get that, because he does that, Scorsese does that thing where you get that like half a second of Joe Pesci realizing. Yeah. And he oh, goes like, oh. And then gets shot. And it's just like, and then you get yeah. the the good scene of De Niro in the phone booth. Yeah, exactly. Finding that whole out, scenario. Like, and if not that, on I, I know people don't really like the ending. Mm-hmm. But I do like the way it unfolds where it's him walking out of that like track home and he's like, I, I used to have it all. I had it made. And now look at me. I'm a schmuck eating noodles and ketchup. Right. Uh, <laughs> you know, like that. That's uh, that part really wraps it all up because it's the, the point of the movie is that these guys live these glamorous right, lifestyles and everything. But no matter what, it ended in the most horrifying manner possible. And even though this mundane hell that he was banished to after becoming an informant mm-hmm. um, doesn't seem so bad in comparison to his glitz and glamour, it is that, an unbearable hell. Uh, so that, that that's, and that's the big part of mafia stuff that's always fascinated me is this, Back in the day, they used to be like athletes, if you will. Right. <laughs> like, like, you know, they used to show up to major events and people like a Jimmy Hoffa would or not Jimmy Hoffa, but um, um, Al Capone. No, not Al Capone. Um, oh, God. John Travolta played him. Oh, Gotti. John Gotti. Yeah. <laughs> John Gotti. Sorry. Jimmy Hoffa and John Gotti, the way their names sound always gets twisted. I'm glad that head. John Travolta is the name that comes um, to mind with yeah, Gotti. But John Gotti. Well, hey, man, unfortunately, that guy hasn't gotten like a like probably the most prolific and greatest mob figure. Didn't who, he get a, an FX series? Uh, Did he? I thought he got the murder of Gotti or Gotti or something. I don't know. I don't know. I'm not up on my my yeah, mob documentary. I don't think so. I'll have to look into that. Yeah, but I don't think so. <laughs> that's that rough. movie's odd. It's awful. rough. Yeah, that is an entertaining watch though. I will say that's <laughs> one of those bad movies where you're like, because uh, it's really that movie's trying to be this movie, in a way where um, Henry Hill is talking to the camera. Uh, throughout this film, uh, Ray Liotta is narrating to you what's going on. You're right. getting the feel. A lot of voiceover. It's, yeah, a lot of voiceover. And I think there is some... Uh, each each one of them gets some sort of narration, mm-hmm. uh, as well as Robert De Niro and uh, and Joe Pesci. Uh, and even and, and, uh, and uh, Lorraine Bracco at has, the yeah, end. She has a little end, bit. She has narration as she well, She has a couple, too, because doesn't, doesn't she narrate? Because one of the things that comes to my mind... Is when he comes across the street and beats the shit out of the guy catcalling yeah, her. Yeah. She narrates that, right? Yeah. And, she's like, and that was it. Oddly enough, the other scene that always comes to mind too is uh, where she 
it seemingly is uh, Jimmy is leading uh, Robert De Niro's character is leading to her to get uh, murdered mm-hmm. or at least kidnapped or something to hold against Henry in terms of him not being an informant or turning fed. Right. And uh, the way Robert De Niro like leans out it, cause she's, so they're down this, like at, they're down this little, like kind of industrial area, not industrial, but like shopping area, like think right. Los Angeles, like not Koreatown, but like the, the garment district. And you know, there's those little alleyways that kind of peek into stores and things like that. And he, she's like, he's like, Oh, I, I got these dresses. You go grab them. Yeah. Yeah. Just down that way. And the go way, grab, he's, yeah. the way she's walking down the street, she looks back at him and the way he like leans out and, and and motions his arm really oddly for her to go in there and then she peers in that whole scene for some reason just is always stuck with me she's just like i'm okay jimmy i'll come i'll get him next time i'll see you later he's like no no just right yeah, right in there. right in there um they have uh, the other thing it's funny because there's a lot of lorraine bracco scenes that are what come into my mind yeah, well, I think because the other one that comes into my mind, other than the gun in the face, is, the no, is the um, what did you do, Karen? Yeah. <laughs> is the uh, there's a whore in room. <laughs> Her name is Janice Rossi. Janice Rossi is a whore. Yeah. There's a whore in room 305. I want everyone here to know that <laughs> no. Janice Rossi is a whore. Exactly. Like that. Those are the two things that always come to my mind. Yes. Yeah. And then poor Janice Rossi is just falling apart in her apartment as she's like, oh, God. Like, yep. She doesn't know what to do. Um, but so two also about Robert De Niro. It's easy to dump on him now because he's been phoning in performances and like popping up in crazy things. Yes. But this is like the this movie. This and Raging Bull are his two greatest Taxi performers. Taxi Driver. Oh, no, no, no. I'm sorry. Um, Meet the Fockers. <laughs> Little Fockers. It, well, yeah, no, no. It's like this, Taxi Driver. The Family. Goodfellas 2. I mean, Godfather <laughs> 2. You threw it. God damn you. You're really. Godfather 2, this, um, uh, Taxi Driver, and. Uh, um, Raging Bull. Raging Bull. Deer Hunter. Deer Hunter. Deer Hunter, I think, belongs to Christopher Walken. I like King of Comedy a lot, too. Yeah, yeah. The King of Comedy is, is that, that that one's really good, too. Um, but no, yeah. Well, like watching this, you're like, if you haven't seen Robert De Niro in something, or if you've only seen him in, like, the bad grandpa range of movies. If you know Robert De Niro from the last 10, 15 years. Yeah, yeah. Like, because Meet the Fockers, actually, he's he's good. Like, Meet the he, Parents, he's good. Yeah. Uh, and and meet the parents. He's because good. meet no, the parents is leaning fully into his Goodfellas and mob persona. Yeah, but he's like CIA version of it. Exactly. But like it's leaning um, into that. Yeah, it, it's uh, casino. Uh, Casino's pretty underrated. It, the it's casino, just so I, I long. Forgot. Yeah, I forgot. But that I feel like that movie belongs to Joe Pesci more than this movie. No, this movie belongs to Joe Pesci. No, no, I think Casino is Pesci's movie, and this he, is Robert De Niro's. He movie. won an Oscar for one of those movies, and I'll give you a hint: it was not Casino. <laughs> he won. Did he? I thought he won it uh, for he. He's. I thought he only won one, and it was for um, Godfather Two. Home Alone. No, I was talking oh, Pesci, Pesci, yeah, Pesci. I was talking yeah. Pesci. Did he win Best Supporting for this? Yes, he did. Okay, he did win Best Supporting for this. And for okay. Lethal Weapon 4. <laughs> <laughs> okay, 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 okay. Whatever you need, Leo gets. Yep. I do enjoy that. He is a great addition to the Lethal Weapon 3 and 4. It w- No. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. So, he won it for um, Goodfellas. He won Best Supporting. He was nominated for... 
Wow, he wasn't even nominated for Casino. I know. That's a travesty. But what I yeah, when I think of this movie, I think of whore, there's a whore in in the room. Janice Rossi's a whore, and I think of Joe Pesci. Yes. So I would say it's Joe I, Pesci's movie, but at the same time, if I wanted to explain to someone why Robert De Niro is such a revered actor, like in Casino, he pops a dude's eye out. Um, he beats yeah, but, up that cowboy dude. But this has how do uh, I how am I funny? Yes. Am I funny like a clown? Yeah. Do I amuse you? Yeah. That's fair. Like, that's like one of the most iconic scenes I think that have ever been in a movie. Like, if, like, what would you, like, wouldn't you say this, that's one of like the most well known movie scenes? Yeah. Yeah. I would. Like, but it's kind of like De Niro's and Taxi Driver, where it's like, are you talking to me? Where it's like this, the, the words became more popular than the actual scene because most people can't really like picture the scene when they talk about that. But I think most people know what they're doing when they say it. Cause like the, especially the taxi driver one, right? Like you talking to me, you talking to me, but I, I think anybody else here, even you if you're not like you, you can picture Robert De Niro doing that. Like you can picture. Well, when I was younger and I used to quote that stuff, I did not really yeah Ugh. i had no idea who said it until i grew up and watched taxi driver i was like oh because at no point should a child of eight seven six nine or ten be watching taxi driver yes um so uh yeah <laughs> pretty good no um, i just this movie is just so full of moments and scenes and yeah right down to samuel jackson getting shot in the back of the head samuel <laughs> jackson's in this <laughs> he pops up in a lot of stuff too so we we talked about it a little bit earlier at the start. Is this so? Where do you put this in Scorsese's filmography? So, honestly, I put this at number one. Okay, I do. It's probably number one. This number two, Hugo. Number two, Hugo. <laughs> uh, then probably number three, uh, The Aviator. Number no. four, Tin Tin. No, I do like Aviator. Aviator's underrated, I think. Now at this point, um. I'm also a very big fan of Shark Tale. Did he no. make Shark Tale? <laughs> no, he's just in it. Oh, okay. Yeah, okay. He was just a voice. No, you know actually which ones I really like, but I mean, obviously at this point, it's too probably popular to say, but I really enjoyed Shutter Island, and I really like Wolf of Wall Street. I did not enjoy Shutter Island, and Wolf of Wall Street is very entertaining. Wolf of Wall Street's very long, but it's very entertaining. And then I forgot this. Oh, my God. How did I forget this? How did I forget that Martin Scorsese directed the 1999 Nicolas Cage classic, Bringing Out the Dead? Yeah, that's a, that's one of my like low-key favorites of his. So I think it's safe to say Goodfellas is probably, even though I do, I am a very big Taxi Driver fan. Yeah. Um, oh, I forgot. Gosh. So many movies he did that I forgot that he did, like he Color did of Money. Yeah, he did that No Direction Home uh, Bob Dylan documentary. That documentary is incredible. Which is pretty good. I think it was like three DVDs when I first bought it. It's yeah. like so much content. I never saw, I well, I shouldn't say it, but I've never watched The Irishman. I missed that <laughs> when it came out because I did not have time to sit down and watch. Yeah, I don't like The Irishman. I was very bored. The Irishman is like if you, if you tried to describe goodfellas to someone and then they tried to make goodfellas based on the description that you gave them 
No, the Irishman is someone took a Wikipedia page of a certain period of the mafia dealing with Jimmy Hoffa as well as some other things and turned that into a movie. That That's really what that is. It was so boring, and you can achieve everything that was explained in that movie by just reading the Wikipedia page about not only Jimmy Hoffa's disappearance, but everyone associated with it. How do you feel about The Departed? I was going to say The Departed is probably my third favorite. Uh, because that's the one behind. he wins Best Director for. Yeah. well, it's a, so It's a long overdue Best Director. Yes. I do feel Raging Bull should have been his first, or at least this, Goodfellas. Um, my personal roundup mm-hmm. would start probably with Raging Bull, then Goodfellas, um, then Taxi Driver, then Bringing Out the Dead, then probably The Departed. What do I think is kind of like his objective best? I would say it starts with Goodfellas, then it probably goes to Taxi Driver, then Raging Bull, um probably the departed after that and then the wolf of wall street yeah i'm looking at that too there's a stretch here where i'm like i don't know how to properly rate these movies or rank these movies then probably casino but casino and goodfellas is kind of the same movie that's kind of how i feel like they just made (laughs) they're like we had a lot of fun making goodfellas yeah let's do it again because he makes cape fear and age of innocence in between yeah. And I feel like he's like, that was cool, but. And I do honestly prefer the Gregory Peck version of Cape Fear to that one. That's fair. I think De Niro is good. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Cape no, no. Fear, De Niro like, is awesome, but the movie itself is a little just kind of creepy. It's, yeah, exactly. That whole story, though, has also been hurt to me by years of watching The Simpsons. <laughs> Where they just like. The Sideshow Bob storylines. Yeah. Yes. Yes. There's always like 100%. an episode or two with Sideshow Bob that come up that yeah. like completely play off of that. I really underrate Gangs in New York, but I think that is probably his like. I think that's the furthest he goes in terms of uh, that and The Aviator, I think, are like his biggest movies. Yeah, I don't know. It's like, funny it, that he's pretty contained. What do you think it is scope of the film that made the gangs of New York not quite as big a hit? Like, Oh, Cameron Diaz is terrible in it. That accent that Leonardo DiCaprio's there's one good actor in it. And that's Daniel. There's Day-Lewis. two good actors in it. Oh, uh, what? Liam Neeson in the beginning. Leo um, and Daniel no, Leonardo DiCaprio is really bad in that movie. I don't care what anyone says. His whole, the accent he's trying to put, I think it's an Irish accent he's I think trying it to is, do. Yeah. And he's like, oh, I'm doing this for me father. Ah, oh, throughout the entire movie. He's just like, I'm Sinead O'Connor. You know, and it's it's rough. And then I think uh, Cameron Diaz as well yeah. is putting on the whole like, hi, 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 hi. It's a rough like, it, Cameron it, Diaz performance. Yeah, and it's just like, I like really there were no Irish female right. actors that we could have gotten here like or anything um i think it's, daniel day lewis is the only redeeming part of that film right so yeah i forgot john c Riley was in it too no john c Riley's cool but he you know he's a sellout he's total total sellout at the end oh yeah that's like he's, he, he just joins bill the butcher and it's like well what else am i supposed to do it's like i don't know have some conviction no nah, i got a family yeah okay. i gotta be a cop yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, 
No, I think it's rough. I think it's rough that he doesn't win until 2006 for The Departed. Yeah, as probably the, like... This is, like, the equivalent of, like, hey, why didn't Bill Belichick win Coach of the Year ever in the last yeah, 15 years of dominance? Yeah, he is the most consistent... Well, I mean, Martin Scorsese says he's never been accused of cheating. No, but I mean, uh, like... But I mean, he's like, not, and, like, cheating to win his movies or something. But, like, being considered, like, one of the top in your field. Yeah, This yeah. is, like, Greg Popovich could win Coach of the Year or, or Bill Belichick could win in the NFL. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, this is, like, every time he puts a movie out. Yes, exactly. He should probably be mentioned. And he's kind of the most consistent, I think, throughout time of just... When you look at... Like, it's, like, him and Paul Thomas Anderson, mm-hmm. I think, are probably the most, like when you look at their entire career throughout, there's not a lot of like misses. Right. I mean, there's not like super hits, but when you watch, like even gangs in New York, which I really don't like, I can sit down and watch and it's like a three hour movie. I can sit down and watch and enjoy it. Yeah. There's not a lot of filmmakers that could be like, Hey, Um, you're going to want to watch this three hour movie over and over and over again. Yeah. Cause he's not doing much with camera perspective or anything, but he just has this way of making you feel like you're in the moment. Not only that, like, he's got this style that now it's funny to make fun of. But, like, back then, like, back when he first started with, like, even Goodfellas and a couple movies before that, you have, you know, like, the Rolling Stones music drops and you have those yeah. big sweeping scenes. And it's, like, it's, like, such a a, he, a trademark. It's such a recognizable... Well, he creates the importance of that synergy between the two. Because, honestly... Music, score, composition, everything when it comes to film is so important. Like right. the way you bring the tone to your film can be completely changed or projected or put out there the way you want it put just through a single song. And it's like you don't need dialogue, you can just have a montage. Yeah, like, hey, we can- exactly. And his montages aren't like what we imagine with what we got from like the South Park guys with you're going to need a montage, right. you know, like Rocky and shit like that. Like the montage of people being murdered or dying in, in Goodfellas like that. That's another scene that really like I, l- the ending piano part of Layla. Yeah. Cut to all these people dying. Like it, that shit is masterful. Like one, one of the greatest scenes ever in cinema history to me. And that, I think, is what you get from Mafia films as well, too, because the drama of what they're dealing with, life or death, is is so apparent at all times that you're able to have a little bit more invested uh, in in the drama of the situation. Um, is there... I do have a lot of trivia for this. Do you want to get started on that? Or is there any other... Oh, no, I just, I mean, I just think the movie, like everything that Scorsese has kind of done for filmmaking is really important. And I do think it kind of gets downplayed now because the Irishman was kind of a long ass slog and things like gangs in New York, you can look at and be like, he's a little overindulgent, but he's, a, I think at that point he was allowed to be, I thought he won the first one for the aviator. No, no, that was just nominated for everything. Yeah. It was nominated for everything. Okay. And the first, the first one was The Departed? Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, Which is absolutely insane. Yeah. His movies have a long history of being nominated for a lot and then just not winning. Yeah, he was the uh, Leonardo DiCaprio of um, uh, directing, effectively, up until The Departed. 
So, uh, but yeah, no, he's no, been just, nominated for best director nine times. Yeah, and he's only won it once. And he's won it once. Yeah, so there you go. That does that just does not seem right. I think like, more people have taken from Martin Scorsese directing wise than anyone else. I would agree with that for like, sure. I think most modern directors now the that we enjoy the Villeneuve's and 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 even Paul Thomas Anderson. Oh, definitely. Paul Thomas Anderson especially. I don't know if you can tell that I'm a big Paul Thomas Anderson <laughs> fan yet on this podcast. Uh, which really, I gotta start hitting those. Like, yeah, we need two-hour deep dives into some. Yeah, I gotta start to, like Boogie Night. Like There Will Be Blood is probably my favorite movie of all time. It's a good movie. Um, and that's another one that, even though it's not using modern pop music, the music is so important to some scenes in that. It's but like because it's all done by Johnny Greenwood or Radiohead, and especially like that the clanking like drum beat that comes when that oil explosion had the oil rig explosion happens and it definitely causes the deafness in his son like like that frantic panicky drumming and shit i don't know that stuff is just so important to me um the trans the scene that i talked about with the cocaine where you're riding along with um uh ray liotta and there's a frantic change of music every single time uh the scene changes that's why i know it's not one whole shot because right. the ma- the the crux of that entire scene is every time it cuts, it's a new song playing and it's a new uh, like fast paced song playing. So you get the feeling that you too are paranoid and addled on cocaine, just chalked to the gills with cocaine and and gun running. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so you know, and I just it's I don't know. I think it's something that's not because it became a trope due to everyone using it in their films mm-hmm. um, from things like the way of the gun stuff like that, which I love that movie. And that's just, that's just a giant ode to Scorsese with that film. Um, it's, you know, it's, it's so embedded in filmmaking and I think it's not appreciated anymore because it's viewed as like so stereotypical, but maybe it'll boomerang back around to where we'll be able to appreciate it again and it'll make a difference in filmmaking. Because now it seems like silence makes more of a difference than anything. That's fair. Having yeah. someone stare off into the distance is more impactful. That depends, too. Because I like in, like, like the start of Saving Private Ryan, and I think it happens in Dunkirk, too. And it's not just, like, a war movie trope, but I like the, like, hey, the audio is going to cut out, and you're going to hear ringing. Yeah, or hey, you're underwater shock. and you're gonna hear that. Like, yeah. I really enjoy that. I feel like that's not used very much, except in war movies. Yeah, for but, the immersion. But that's something I enjoy as well. Like, yeah, in in like short bursts. But like, I'm not saying Goodfellas soundtrack makes the movie like per se like a Garden State or something. Where like now I watch Garden State and I'm like, man, this soundtrack is really good, but this fucking movie kind of sucks. It was kind of yeah. yeah. It's a little like this is definitely for a specific person in a specific time in their life. Absolutely. <laughs> but it's it's like it's a soundtrack that just like kind of fills out everything. Mm-hmm. Like it fills in more, kind of completes the story more. Yeah, like I said with Layla, the end of Layla, like cap encapsulating the I it adds a levity to that scene that shouldn't be there. You know, right, but it also should just an be intensity a, to where you're like, oh god, like he like, killed hey. everyone that helped him. <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, no loose ends, man. Yeah, man. So, according to Henry Hill, Joe Pesci's portrayal of Tommy DeSimone was ninety to ninety-nine percent accurate. Yes, but there was one exception. Tommy DeSimone was like six four. 
and he was jacked. Yes, <laughs> yes. No, a lot. They, yeah, that's so. That's one of the big things is is a lot of these mobsters, and that's why they were so intimidating. Were not small people. Yes. <laughs> Could you imagine a six four yeah. muscle head like? What do I amuse you? Yeah, and even even uh, uh, um, De Niro's character, that dude was like six two, six three, right? Um, big Irish Italian dude. He was a vicious monster. I forget his name. Um, it was James something. Um, but yeah, he he was a vicious assassin, also for the Lucchese crime family. I really like mob stuff, and it's a terrible, terrible part of me. <laughs> like I honestly, I've Wikipedia to research and looked through all this stuff. I don't remember it because a lot of Italian names that have too many vowels, and I'm like, I can't memorize this stuff. I can say that I'm Italian. Um, <laughs> I'm an Irish Italian, <laughs> so and 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 they'll say it. I think there's just too many A's and O's. So Robert De Niro <laughs> wanted to use real money for the scene where Jimmy hands out money because the fake money felt weird in his hands. So the prop master gave De Niro $5,000 of his own money. And at the end of each take, no one could leave set until the money was counted and confirmed that it had all been returned. Wow. All right. There we go. According to Nicholas Pileggi, some mobsters were hired as extras to lend authenticity to scenes. The mobsters gave Warner Bros. fake social security numbers. And to this day, no one knows how they got paid. <laughs> I'm sure they got paid though. Yeah, I'm not that too was, concerned. Yeah. I'm sure they. I'm sure some of them had some type of rep, like somewhere, because they they used actual mo- ex mafiosos and current ex some mafiosos as extras on The Sopranos. Yeah, too. And as I said, a lot of affiliation with unions. So Al Pacino get paid was offered the role of Jimmy Conway. Yeah, that would have been terrible. And he turned it down because he was afraid of being typecast. Oh, that year. He ended up playing Big Boy Caprice and Dick Tracy. Uh, I was going to say, he was afraid of being typecasted. He literally did three Godfathers. Um, he admits and, regretting the decision. Yeah. Could you imagine being like, uh, I'm going to pass on this Goodfellas thing. Dick Tracy. Yeah. That's where the money is. And working with Martin Scorsese, which I don't know if he's worked with Scorsese. Yeah, Irishman. Oh, Irishman. Yes, the Irishman. I don't know why I said that into my phone. Yeah. Like that was. Yeah. Um, yeah. In the real Goodfellas. Something else. Which aired in the UK, Henry Hill claimed that Robert De Niro phoned him seven to eight times a day to discuss certain things about Jimmy's character, such as how Jimmy would even hold his cigarette. Makes sense. And it's funny because this reminds right. me, this reminds me of a story I heard about Robert De Niro that I cannot unimagine and get out of my head when I see him in these movies. Uh so. So I had a friend whose whose father worked in, um, like Foley and like dubbing, like the oh Foley working, yeah, 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 yeah. sound of like the the, the AR voice. and yeah, stuff, yeah. like the voiceovers and dubbing and everything. So yeah. he said that he did a, he worked with Robert De Niro once because Robert De Niro needed to come in and do ADR on a movie, and he said that Robert De Niro like couldn't read. He said, like, watching him read the scripts was a huge struggle. Like, he, they, he, they, he said he just struggled trying to read off of a page in front of him. He could not do it. Hmm. So he had to, like, be taught everything and, like, listen to things and learn that way. So you're saying here that Robert De Niro is illiterate? I'm not saying he's illiterate. I'm just saying is that... This an ex- is this a Hefferbrew exclusive? I have heard from a source that... <laughs> that uh, 
Wow, just dragging Robert De Niro on here because he can't read. I just can't. Like it's. Wow, is that the kind of publicity we want? That we just make fun of people that can't read? Not at all. It's just interesting <laughs> to me. I don't even think it's funny. I think it's interesting. Why is it interesting? Is it interesting like a circus act to you? Or okay, yeah, okay, Joe like Pesci. <laughs> okay, Joe Pesci. No, I just think it's it's interesting that one of the most emotive and like one probably powerful top five actors greatest actors of all time. Would be like, I can't read this. I need to figure something out. I need another lane to get in this performance out here. Like, And it, I think it speaks to the talent that he has even more so that he would be able to just like hear the words and picture it that way and go that way with it. And maybe I would love to know how many takes he usually does. Yeah. But I just thought was something that always kind of stuck with me. I always thought it was interesting. Uh, so the how am I funny scene is based on something that actually happened to Joe Pesci. While working in a restaurant, a young Pesci apparently told a mobster that he was funny, which was a compliment that was met with a less than enthusiastic response. Pesci replayed the anecdote to Martin Scorsese, who decided to include it in the film. Hmm. So Scorsese didn't include the scene in the shooting script so that Pesci and Ray Liotta's interactions would elicit genuinely surprised reactions from the cast. Oh, okay. So they had no idea that that How Am I Funny was coming. Yeah. That's incredible. That's a great... So it's a genuine reaction when he's like that that meme, essentially, of him laughing. Yeah. Which, by the way, I don't like Ray Liotta's laugh. Oh, I love Ray Liotta's laugh. It looks like he, <laughs> it Whatever looks like it, it hurts him so bad. Oh, it's so great. It looks like it hurts so bad. It's so great. Ray Liotta... So is this or Heartbreakers Ray Liotta's greatest movie? for... <laughs> I don't know. I'm a big. I know Heartbreakers is Sigourney Weaver's greatest movie. I'm a big identity guy. Okay. I think. I mean, come on. If we're talking Leota, we have to be talking identity. Definitely. Um. What else? There's. I think there's a couple that he's been in. I'm joking about identity, by the way. Uh, Operation Dumbo Drop. I'm a big Operation Dumbo Drop guy. (laughs) We got that Dumbo Drop. I'm a big uh, Copland fan. Oh, Copland. Love me alone. I love me some Hannibal. Um, okay, so he's actually pretty great in Hannibal. Who doesn't like Narc or uh, John Q? Yo, Narc is awesome. Narc is Narc is dope. Have you seen Narc? I've seen Narc. Narc is great. And then, how could I forget? Narc two- is that sepia tone uh, era of movie making. Two of the greatest performances he really did this for us ray liotta really did this for us <laughs> heartbreaker he, he said 2006 i'm gonna play smoking donald aces i'm gonna play donald carruthers and smoking aces <laughs> 2007 he's like i'm gonna double down i had a lot of fun smoking, smoking aces. aces too you know what we're gonna do no because he dies in smoking aces one i was gonna say <laughs> he says i'm gonna play jack in a little movie called wild hogs Oh, yeah, he's the dickhead biker. He's the one that he's the lead of the bikers that they piss off when they go there and knock over all their bikes. Yes. Yes. That quintessential scene of that movie, Wild Hogs. He's in The Iceman, which I was disappointed was not a Chuck Liddell autobiography. No, it was not. It's the the most prolific mafia hitman of all time. I actually, this is not being sarcastic. He also said he killed Jimmy Hoffa. He did. Everyone killed Jimmy Hoffa. I think most, yeah. I, I you might your alibi's a little suspicious yeah. for that night. Yeah, that's like I was on the seventy-two Dolphins. Yeah, right. It's like, <laughs> it's like really, you're eighteen. Um, no, I I really genuinely enjoy him in the place beyond the pines. 
I enjoy that movie oh, a lot. I've never seen it, so I can't shit on it. It's very good. <laughs> it's very long. Um, actually, that's what, what am, she said, or he. What am I saying? We all know that Ray Liotta's or best. They. Ray Liotta's best work has not come out yet. Because in I seen Space Jam too. Twenty twenty at the end of this year, next month, he's gonna drop a performance in Hubie Halloween. Oh, Hubie Halloween, which will be an episode of this. You're, I'm not you're damn right. It's gonna be. An I episode think that's of this. you and Katarina doing. I that I believe one. it'll probably be us. Yeah, yes. I'll probably watch it, but I won't really be in the mood to talk about it. Most likely <laughs> afterwards, because I'll be upset. How do you do? Like, how do you, the Sandman, dude? You're like riding this high from uncut gems you don't remember what he said and then he's like boom you don't remember what he said no he said if i don't if i don't win an oscar for this i'm gonna make the stupidest fucking movie oh really any of you people have ever seen yes (laughs) hell yeah (laughs) and everyone's like is this sandman coming back is this this hubie halloween is that what hubie halloween is i hope okay cool uh every one of robert de niro's outfits had a watch and pinky ring to match Oh fuck, that's tight, dude. God, if I could have an outfit for every day that had a watch and a pinky ring to match. Oh, real life fulfills. gangsters of that era have said that Henry Hill was a minor figure and more of a hanger-on, like most of the other guys who took part in the heist. Apart from Jimmy Burke, who was actually an important mafia associate. Yeah, that's uh, Jimmy Conway. Although Martin Scorsese and Nicholas Pileggi collaborated on the screenplay and were nominated for Oscars, much of the film's dialogue was actually improvised by the cast. Wow. I did not know that. The, this was almost NC-17. The MPAA ordered 10 frames of blood to be removed from the film before it would grant it an R rating. Wow. The MPAA is, some, is on They're some the weird shit. They're the worst. Honestly, there should be no, like, overseeing ratings body. Uh, Yeah, I don't know. Well, I watched a documentary about it that was really interesting once that was, like, it's all old, like, conservative white people. Yeah. So what do you expect? Yeah. Um, So in the DVD commentary for this, Henry Hill had said that he still has nightmares about when he, Tommy, and Jimmy murdered Billy Bats. Yeah. Which I can imagine. from, From Hill's stories and just from the book from his stories later on down the road like everything is pretty like checks out like it doesn't seem like he was a minor player it seems like they just say that stuff nowadays because he was an informant and you have to downplay right you know oh he don't know what he's talking about what they all become informants though yeah what i've like the the history of the mob is available to us all because they all most of them became informants and the ones that didn't become informants were the smart ones that now are probably senators and congressmen. Oh, God, I'm going to get us killed. <laughs> Joe Pesci's Joe Pesci's Oscar acceptance speech is the sixth or shortest... Or they run concrete in most of the building of buildings in the United States. ...is the sixth shortest in the Academy's history. His acceptance speech for Best Supporting Actor was, It's my privilege. Thank you. And Pesci later admitted that he didn't say much because he genuinely didn't think he had any chance of winning. Nice. So he just didn't prep anything. He's like, it's my privilege. Thank you so much. He was probably like, uh. So on that, though, if you ever won an award, what would you say? Would you would you thank God? Would you thank uh, like your people and all that? Or would you like use it as a platform to get a message out there? When do I just, win? What's going on? What's the what state do you of the world? What do you want to win? What's the state of the world? What do you want to win? Uh, best actor or best 
album? No, best. You can act- do anything. Best actor. You can do any award. Um, you want best actor? That's the award you want. I want an MTV award. That's it, my major award. Yeah, I was going to say Nickelodeon Kids Choice Award isn't the time to be like No, it is. That's that's Stop exactly the genocide. The yeah. <laughs> um Save Darfur. That's yeah. It's like it's like 2020. I think I think we might have saved Darfur. I don't know. <laughs> like I we probably have. Like I could roll up to the kids like the MTV awards with a t-shirt that says like Flint Michigan still doesn't have drinking water. Yeah. And then my speech could be like arrest the cops that murdered Breonna Taylor. Let's get justice for, you know, let's get police reform, defund, defund 12. Okay. But, like, if I won an Academy Award or, like, if I was named NBA Finals MVP mm-hmm. or something like that and I had to give, like, a big speech, especially something like NBA MVP or Finals MVP where you know you're getting it and you have, like, a little bit of time to prepare, and it would be like, okay, I'm going to thank the people that got me here, first off. And this goes for the Academy Award as well. It's, okay, I'm going to thank the people that got me here. I'm going to thank the coworkers and collaborators. I'm going to thank the director. Let's say, thank you for giving me the freedom to perform within your work. Uh, I wouldn't have this opportunity if it wasn't for you. And then, like, after getting through that and making sure I thanked, thanked, like, spouse, team that got me there, and filmmakers, they would want to work with me again. I'd probably turn to whatever the big issue is. Or even... Even less than that, I might even just be like, hey, don't just listen to what everybody says. Do research for yourself. Find what you care about. Find what you're passionate about and try to make a real change because there's too much going on to have to worry about what one or two people think and they're like group into that. Like I would I would probably use it to be like, hey, don't just follow what feels comfortable. Find the things that truly upset you and let's fight to change it because unless those things are very hateful things. Right. Because like, if you're the thing that upsets you is someone's I'm skin coming, color, yes. please don't pursue that. I'm coming please from, find a way to stop that. I'm coming from a place of of <laughs> of this is let's, because people let's don't impact just positive change. Good things. No, they don't. <laughs> that is true. But I would probably say like it, like don't just listen to us about things to be upset about. Let's let, find the things that affect your life, your daily life, and let's work to fix that. Like work to bring attention to that. What about you? Because wow, I can already. Man. That's that's powerful stuff. I would definitely thank like the people who helped me get there, um, spouse, uh, manager, things like that, uh, and, and then probably proceed to tell everyone how great I am. Proceed how awesome I am. This <laughs> is really all me. I did the work. I didn't. Granted, you all helped me, but I, in the end of the day, I'm the one who was up there acting. I'm the one who puts butts in the seats. What's your so inter- thank you so much for this award. It was well deserved and you would have rude the day you didn't give me this. Fucking What's your award. over under ideal time? Um, I probably like 15 minutes, 20 minutes. Or so. <laughs> <laughs> no, probably like 35 to 45 seconds. They're just dragging you off the yeah. stage at the Academy Awards with the music playing. Yeah, trying to talk about how spiders are slowly taking over the country through mind control. Birds aren't real. <laughs> I think movies are real. Birds aren't real. No, I don't know. I like. I just. I feel like it's such a such an odd thing to ever be prepared for. Like, hey, I have 35 seconds, maybe 45 if I win a big award. I would probably throw out a like, you thought I couldn't do it, dad, but I <laughs> did. 
And that would be very confusing because I have a very supportive father, but I'd want to just throw that out there just so people are like, oh my God, what happened to him? Oh, you know. Yeah. Um, For trivia, everything else is pretty, is pretty um, like production wise, like someone wore contacts because they had different eye colors. Uh, film takes place from 1955 to 1980. Yeah. Um, Martin Scorsese loves the Copacabana because he went there on prom night. Nice. Jimmy Conway was based on gangster Jimmy Burke, who was born James Conway. Okay, there you go. Um, the line, how am I funny, was voted as the number 87 greatest movie line of all time. Oh, well, there you go. Me downplaying its importance wasn't that bad earlier in this. Ray Liotta has joked that Warner Bros. This is where we're going to end on trivia. Okay. Because this is incredible. Ray Liotta has joked that Warner Brothers would have rather cast Eddie Murphy than him because of how little little known he was. Oh, wow. Really? I mean, I'm sure that's a joke. Yes, absolutely. But what an incredible image that that puts into my head. Because if there's one thing Hollywood really proved in the 80s is it did not want to cast black people or people of color in general in anything. Right? It was... (laughs) So, so Eddie Murphy and Goodfellas would have been, yeah, different movie. Yeah, even though, I mean, this came out in 1990, but I'm sure casting would have been in the late 80s. So, I just I can't see them being like, yeah, you're gonna be the Irish gangster, yeah, <laughs> like, <laughs> and have it be not a comedy. Yeah, exactly. Like that's got comedy written. Maybe not now. I don't think you could make that now. Yeah, I think you could. <laughs> just get Eddie. Just do it. Get him back with the Norbit people. Well, I do. Makeup. So I guess there's some force, not to get off topic, but I guess there's going to be some, not force, but you have to have a certain amount of minorities and things in your films. I did see that. So that's where I think it's like, okay, well then, you know what? Let's just do it. I think the new season of Fargo is actually, uh, it's taking place in the fifties mm-hmm. and Chris Rock is the, uh, the gangster, Don. like, the, like yeah. Don of his own, uh, I think, uh, entirely black, uh, mafia. And they're coming into North Dakota uh, <laughs> to take over their mob. So it's like, you know, might as well just do that. So because that stuff really didn't happen until kind of the late '60s, early '70s. Yeah, I can't wait to and to see that Fargo yeah, season. A lot of that stuff is what you find in uh, American Gangster. Yeah, is the incorporation of kind of uh, it's kind of the mafia stopping being racist pieces of shit, but still being racist pieces of shit. American Gangster is underrated too. That's is, a really yeah. good one. That um, do you have any any parting Goodfellas thoughts? I feel like we've hit almost everything we could want to. Yeah, no, no, you know, it's a uh, one of the greatest movies of all time. What was it streaming on? What did you find it on? Is uh, it on Netflix? I think it's on HBO Max. It's, HBO Max has just got so much quality right yeah. now. Or it's on Amazon Prime. I forget off the top of my head. But if not, just buy it. it yeah, it's worth owning. Yeah. It's a it's a it's a legitimate. You can piece watch of it during m- Christmas because it is a Christmas movie. It's a legitimate piece of movie history. You can watch it during Easter because it's an Easter movie. <laughs> well, it takes place for twenty five years, like yeah. over a span of twenty five. You can watch years. it during Lent. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, hey, you know what? Goodfellas. Yep, Lent movie. So. <laughs> Thank you guys for listening. Uh, you can find us on Twitter and Instagram at Heifer Let us know what your acceptance speech would be, what you would want, what you would want to win, and what you would what you would want to talk would about. Would you take the humble route that Dustin did, or would you 
tell people to lick your balls on stage because you did this yourself. I got to be honest. When you asked me, I thought it was because you wanted to like talk about like, yeah, it'd be cool to be able to do that. Like, what would you say to a room full of people? So I should have known. I would oh, you were gonna yeah. be like eat my ass and lick my balls. I'm the yeah. greatest. Yeah, but for some reason, like I, I would take a second to be like, hey, I just want to thank everyone that I really care about, and the next part is not pertaining to you. Now, to the rest of you, I want you all to know that I am the greatest, and it is solely because of me that I'm up here right now accepting this award. I'm better than you. That's like you never had a chance. That's in the this. Dwight Schrute of award acceptance speeches. You better hope to God that I'm never nominated again after this, because every single time i'm nominated you will not win so what you're the michael jordan of this so what you're telling us is that you would have kanye'd taylor swift as well no no i deserve this beyonce deserved this no 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 i wouldn't do that so if you were nominated and lost you would not be like i wouldn't go up and do that i'd probably run i'd be more like the uh um leave timmy c from uh raging us the machine just disrupt it in some way yeah that's worse than interrupt maybe take a dump (laughs) on the stage they just, like cut just to run you. up and take a dump and they're like, oh, God, cut, cut, cut. They can't because it's a live stream. They cut to you just frowning in the crowd, not even clapping for whoever oh, no, won. No, that well, 100%. I'd be <laughs> sad. Like, there would be many memes with my sourpuss face if I didn't win. Just like rolling my eyes. But that's Come like anything, on. though. Not even that. Like, if we ever got nominated for like podcast awards and didn't win, yeah, you'd be like, "Come on, are you serious?" And I'd be there smiling and clapping. Barstool, come on. And you'd be, yeah, you'd just be rolling your These eyes. Clowns. So thank you guys for listening. Uh, we will be back. Watch Goodfellas. Can't believe it's thirty years old. Uh, it feels so much newer and so much older at the same time. Somehow. It's it's just a great movie. It's all, for all time. Like it's timeless, yeah. Yeah. Truly is. And like that gets thrown around all of Scorsese's movies really. It gets thrown around a lot like the phrase timeless and every or like greatest movies is a lot of hyperbole a lot of the time. Yeah, but this actually is one of those. Definitely. If you've not seen it yet, watch it. If you've seen it but not recently, just watch it again. Hell yeah. And thank you guys. We will be back. Yep.